You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Can. That's why I was like, oh. no, I, I typically I'd can't step up to, to the able, plate, though. You know, used to be able to make myself fart. That's that's really, when you're really next level. Yeah, damn. Welcome to Axe to Grind, the hardcore podcast. I'm Patrick. I'm Bob, and I'm Tom. Sorry, I was and, watching an Instagram video of AOC wearing a tax the rich uh, dress to the Met Gala. God bless. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Why? I mean, that, there's a little to... bit of of cognitive dissonance in that whole <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, thing yeah. right there. Yo, let me just say, the Met Gala is it's it's a sign that nobody means any of the things they say. I won't go off on one, but basically, we all year round, I'm looking at my feed that's fuck capitalism, fuck capitalism, late stage capitalism. The Met Gala is the most perfect example of it's disgusting yes. <laughs> and yes, and I don't yes, even yes. care. I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit yes. what Jeff Bezos does. I don't give a shit if Elon Musk buys a bunch of robots and takes over an entire city. I don't give a fuck, but I'm telling you the Met Gala should make you vomit. <laughs> so fuck everybody. Fuck I, I, AOC. You may. Ah! <laughs> uh, yo, on that note, uh, big thank you to our sponsors. Run for cover records. Boom. Closed casket activities. Also, boom. Death Wish Inc. Ah. I, heard, uh, oh. <laughs> I was trying to, should have recorded Pat making that sound. That AOC. <laughs> and the topic, the focus of our spotlight, the star of Axe to Grind's Met Gala 2021, to live a lie. Um, Yo, go to direct your browsers to to liveali.com, enter that web store, and get busy. Uh, depending on when you hear this, the new spy record is either Ooh. completely sold out or dwindling to the last copies. Wow. Um, yes, yeah, so I, I strongly recommend getting over there as soon as possible. The record is called Habitual Offender. Uh, mm. A couple different variants, uh, some tapes that look cool as shit. Um, yo, guys, this is a this is a hot one. Um, been big up in Spy for a long time. Uh, to live live, pressed the first EP on se- uh, as a seven inch last year, um, and the band's doing great. That said, to live live also did the gel seven inch split with Blind Rage, I think. Um, mm. But I just want to point out. To Live a Lie has been doing some of the best fast stuff, not just this year, not just last year, but for like the past almost 10 years, I believe, To Live a Lie has just been on top. And, um, yo, it's it's kind of awesome. It's awesome to see it because it's not just doing well, but thriving. And uh, I think for the most part, I would say you can go, and if you like the faster side of punk, hardcore, etc., you're going to find good stuff on his web store. So, um, 
and that's not just his releases, but other fast stuff that he carries. Or to be quite honest, Will probably wouldn't cop to this, but he gave new life to six two five, who is reissuing stuff, putting yeah. new stuff out there. And I think I don't. I, I'm not. He hasn't spoken to me about this. I'm doing it based on optics. He's done a lot of hard work behind the scenes to make all that happen, and I'm pretty fucking psyched about it. So, um, to live a lie. Anything? Anything? You guys would dispute in my claims? No, I think you know. I think um, six two five. I mean, this is as an outsider. Yeah, you know, from a relative outsider. To me, that was a huge influential thing. Early, you know, late nineties, early, 2000, early late 90s, Yep. You know what I mean? With um, and I think it's back in like the the the, the talk in, in hardcore now. And I don't know. I mean, if you're asking me in like 2012 about. Six two five. Well, yeah, here X Max. <laughs> I Rex right. Max, whatever. You know what I mean? Or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I have like a fucking Down in Flames record that he put out, or whatever the fuck. Sure, sure. You know sure. what I mean? And I think now it's definitely part of like the talk, which it hadn't been for a very, very long time. Yeah, and I, I just uh, it's awesome to see it. So shout out to To Live a Lie. Go to tolivealie.com. Order some stuff. Pick up that Spy record. Uh, pick out the first. Pick up the first one if he even has copies left. Like, yo, this his stuff goes quick when it does. So, um, thank you very much to all our sponsors. Thank you for listening, guys. How yes. you doing? How are we feeling today? Doing good. I, like I just uh, talked to you guys. I know. <laughs> and I listened <laughs> to Pat that today. Long. Oh yeah! Shout uh, out to the return of um, the return and the and the exit of. Um, What's this is called? going to ruin my life. I don't oh. care if this is ruins my life. Is that what it is? That sounds right. Yep. Probably. Yeah, that sounds right. I can't remember titles. Yeah. Neither can Pat, so it's cool. Oh, can I send you both yeah. the picture? I didn't I won't send it, but a friend <clears throat> uh was listening to the I don't care if this ruins my life podcast. And uh who's the artist who drew the two of you for your little podcast thing? Oh, you're doing that thing again where you ask me to... Oh, put to, you on the spot. So a talented artist drew this nice picture. Who didn't get paid enough for that because Probably not. But um, the friend uh, was like, oh, you know what? Let me fix this. And I was looking at it. I was looking at it. I was like, oh, what do you do? And he just took the gray highlighter and went over Patrick's hair. Ooh, <laughs> Thanks so it. much. It's pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty All good. All right. So, Pat, I'm going to ask you yeah. a question. Yes. You're not going to know the answer to this. Okay. This has nothing to do with your memory. It might just have to do with like your familiarity with the subject. Mm. In my head, you know, like you ever have like you see like a record cover or you see certain things and you have like that idea of what that person looks like. Yes, and, sure. And it's like imprinted on your brain. You're like, this might not actually be what he actually looks like. But in my head, this is what this person looks like. That you often, Does yeah. Ian – does Ian Shelton mm-hmm. look like Brian from the Gaslight Anthem? Oh yeah, I could see that for sure. Does he? Okay, because I'm like, am I like like somehow making this weird connection in my head that people go, what, "Are you doing acid?" Like, does he looks nothing like him? But like, to, in no, my head, you're not crazy. That's, that's they strike that's me as young. the same, you know, same kind of looking guy. You know what? I think Ian has good cheeks. He's got good, good cheeks into the into the jawbone, like. Like so, in in comics, in comic art, Tom, what would you call that, Patrick? When when you so you draw the jaw and then the face, but to give definition to the cheek, you almost do like half of a Y. 
to define oh, sure. like cheek to a, to to a mouth line. You know what I mean? T zone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, there you go. And Ian has a very strong look right there. So good for him. I I I can't even joke because I found uh, that everybody takes my jokes more seriously than I do. So every oh, time that you gotta say some mean shit. Yeah, every time I like think I'm being like playful. Oh, look, I'm just joking with the homies. The homies are resentful for f- years at a time. You know what I mean? Well, some people don't know how to joke. Yeah, I'm one of them, apparently. <laughs> uh-huh. like, and you, I know people that it's like I'd be like, "Hey, fucking nice shirt, jerk," and he'd be like, "Your dad's dead." I'm like, "That's not funny." <laughs> like, I feel like that's your style of humor that you're like, "Yo, Yo you know what? I think I think Patrick's style of humor might be speaking more loosely on someone's physical attributes." Yes. Than, than most people are comfortable with. Yeah, that's a fact. Because and he's I'm just very, being playful. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what it is, is I'm projecting my own values because as we've talked about, like there's just people that drop into my DMs to tell me I'm ugly and I don't, I literally don't think a thing about it. I think it's like pretty entertaining. And the, for me, that's normal and I don't mind. Uh, but most people, I guess, do not feel that way necessarily. And, and like physical stuff, like, uh, I think I told you like Defang. Uh, one time he was exercising in my living room and I, I was like, man, you skipped leg day. And I was Ooh. obviously joking because D Fang is ripped as fuck, but he's like, he looked at me like somewhat hurt. And he was like, I had an injury a few months ago. And I was like, no, I'm teasing. I'm fuck. You're jacked as fuck. Like, it's a joke. But that I find that that's like, but How that's a, people, a, a hot button issue for somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. And like, I won't put him on. I won't put him in a in a situation. But uh, a friend who was secretly not my friend for many for maybe a year because I said something about his appearance where I was completely joking. <laughs> he held on to it for a year and was self conscious about it. Really didn't feel good about it. And so you I, know I, I gotta like keep it in mind that like yeah yes, dude because appearance is, this is isn't a different new thing. You don't, yeah come on dude that we really gonna like, have to teach you, it like you're 74 years old you don't know how to talk to people by now you know what i think you can go like i mean I, i'd make fun of you for like when you wore like the fucking jumpsuit that's still smelled like gasoline when the person sure. died in it like you can just be like all right i'm not gonna wear that around tom anymore but if it's yeah, kind but of if you like got, yeah but if you got like a like, fucked up they, like make your face, your face into dog cookies sure. or whatever like you You'd be like, that's my face. That's all true. But I guess what I'm saying is like, I take it on face value that every sane person can determine a tone and you know, when you're getting a nasty tone out of somebody and you know, when somebody's joking. And but so for, for example, yeah, I don't know Defang. Yeah. Right. From all accounts, anyone I've ever spoken to have has glowing things to say about. It. Like one of the nicest people in hardcore, like unbelievably kind guy. He's obviously a very athletic and fit person, right? Mm-hmm. Those people are crazy because oh. it's never enough. Like that dude will like, you know, it's not just like he's not doing it like you know twice a week. Like th- they work out every day. So oh, like yeah. you saying that is kind of being like fuck am I quads not like what they like that's like a big fucking thing and that's like the equivalent of being like you know going to like an overweight person but like did you lose weight because that could throw somebody into a fucking tizzy for sure like, yes I understand I'm just 
I'm in such a different space where if somebody tells me like, yo, you look weak, it just makes me want to work out. Do you know what I mean? Like it doesn't make me like feel away. Like it, it, it so I'm proje- I'm obviously projecting, but I also think that, you know, if people are being honest, they can determine a tone, you know what I mean? But if uh, at that point, Defang and I don't know, didn't know each other. We hadn't toured together yet. I don't think at that point. So like right. he, he doesn't know me and he doesn't know how I'm, how I talk. So like, that's a thing. But, but athletic yes, folks especially are very like, fuck, like they're yeah. trying to do everything. And like even a joke like that, you're, you know, like, oh, well, oh, maybe I shouldn't have had that cookie yesterday mm. or whatever the fuck, you know, like you just have to, you know. Y- you know what I think mm. part of it is, is I think when Stop you come so from. so high and mighty and pretentious. Well, I think I when know you come from like. A, he's just it. in a different space, Tom. Whatever, bro. You know what I'm saying, bro? <laughs> cool, I think bro. part of it is larger family sort of stuff. Like. there's just like a different type of camaraderie. Like I call my dad names. I can't say on this podcast when I see him, you know what I mean? Like, like I'll just see him at the airport and I'll, I'll start laying into him. You know what I mean? So it's just like a different sort of thing. Not everybody conducts themselves like that. I get it. I just wish that they did because I I don't ever, there's literally, I've never said something to someone with the intention of hurting them ever. I've said hurtful things. I recognize that I'm not stupid, but like, I've never like, that's not in me even to say like an intentionally cutting thing. Maybe when I was in my early twenties, you know what I mean? But it's been a long time. Three or four years at least. Yeah. <laughs> at least. <laughs> um, so we've established that Patrick is a word bully. Um, yeah. Yeah. But not on purpose. So don't not take on it purpose. seriously. Just from being in a big family with a dad. That's he calls it. Bad words. That's, that's how we define that's it. That's right. Um, um so we're good. How big is uh, your family, Pat? I mean, two, three hundred. Uh, <laughs> four in the immediate, three in addition. My dad's got seven kids. My 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 mother has four total. So uh, wow. you could right. say seven, but I would, you know, in the immediate family, four. But there was always four in like the I, nuclear, seven in the yeah. in the pack. Yeah. Got it. Who's the nicest sibling of yours? Eh, none of us are that nice. Um, are you? Are you thinking? Do you think you are? By default, well, my mother might say I am. Um, That's a good sign. I don't know. I could text her. I'll what would your I'll father say? say? He would Carmelo not say. Carmelo Anthony. He, he would, would not say. say. <laughs> you think he would say I wish Carmelo Anthony was my son. <laughs> yeah, he does wish that. That's Yo, what fact. if? What if instead of lifting a weight, you spent the next, you know, all your free time for physical activity shooting jumpers? And I thought about the mid-range I, game. That, you want to like, hear something crazy? Let's thought hear about it. it. I thought. I thought about it. I thought. I had this thought the other day. I was like, I wonder how many hours I would have to oh. put into being good at basketball this late in my life to be 10, even 000. passable at basketball. To be good. To be like playground good. Uh, yeah, a pretty good amount. I mean, I think if you put in a hundred, you could play. You could play. I don't know where you're at right now. But I will say for young, like Easton, he's getting jumpers up. He has a, uh, when he turns, I I don't remember what the bet is. I think when he turns 12, no, when he turns 10, he's supposed to have a basketball game against friend of the show, Dave, uh, who's not very good at sports. So um, the bet was, does can Easton beat Dave at basketball at age 10? And and it's, we're on track. We're on a very strong track. Wow. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So he can, he can hit shots from the free throw line. 
And for somebody who's just, pretty, you know, yeah. who's, you know, four Five something feet. is, yeah. is four, four is pretty good. Um, oh, wow. It takes a lot of strength. You want to hear? Oh, yeah. You want to hear how bad at basketball I am? Yeah. I'd be, I'd be willing to bet any living human being, regardless of mobility concerns, that is taller than me could beat me at basketball. Okay. <laughs> Literally right. any living person, regardless of it, it doesn't matter what kind of struggles they're dealing with, <laughs> they could they could beat me at basketball. Mm. We ever do we should do an axe to grind like three on three tournament, like at like Sound and Fury or something. Yeah. All in. All in. Pat's not on our team though. <laughs> do we have any uh, do we have have we had any guest hosts that are like that are I mean, we good. obviously need a point guard because I'm kind of slow. I'm an outside shooter. Bob's tall. He could probably play the in- inside. I can play inside, but I can slash. I can handle the ball enough. Yeah. Um, but do but we have I a straight point guard? Like, nah, I, I'm trying to Dave think. Dave Weinberg? I think we go oddly. I don't know oh, if he can hoop. But he yeah, can. He's an athletic house. dude. He plays, he's, he's athletic. He looks athletic. So um, I think if we're talking guests, it's him. That's fair. Um if like, not, what do we think about Pat Flynn? Reg- Pat Flynn like, remotely no. athletic. He jogs. He ro- remotely. Do you that remember? Do you remember the quote, Patrick, when we saw Pat in in uh, when we did the the interview with him? His comment was, "I run so I can eat Jersey Mike's." <laughs> Smart. <laughs> yeah, I do. Big fan. Uh, big fan. Think Jay Mindforce yeah. might be a baller. That's fact. No, yeah. he could be. He's got the frame. I'd like to see him. I could hoop with him. Um, I mean, we also got to take all the the teams, all the bands that we had on. That's true. For the lot that of opens background. it up. I feel like it we does. might have like uh, a low the magnitude key, like, dudes. The magnitude dudes and me talked about playing basketball together. So they they might be in there um, when they recorded. I believe Russ was wearing a UNC jersey. So that's cool. I mean, he's already got the uniform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so here's what we want um, for the next, you know, for the next year, Pat. Just work on your jumpers, so the next time you see your dad in person, you can just grab a ball and like flip it into the hoop like it's no big deal, like your Steph Curry with the shot. You know, I'd like to, I'd like to finally make him proud. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, guys, let's talk hardcore. We've wasted everyone's time here. Um, today's topic is. Like, I first wanted to say this is like sliders. But I was like, yeah, that's that can mean a lot of different things. Like, people are going to be like, oh, you mean like that TV show? And I'm like, no, not like that fucking TV show. Or, you mean, I mean like, you the, mean like uh, uh, White Castle Burgers? Like the mini burgers. And, okay. uh, and then I was right, like, well. Can I ask well, a question? Yes. What, what is your impression of why they're called sliders? Because I think ours probably will vary. Um, the White Castle specific one. Um, which is the only the first time I learned the definition of it when I was with my father, and he got some, and I was like, "Oh, do you think I'd like it?" And he's like, "Probably not." And he, I was like, "Why are they called sliders?" And he's like, "Well, because you eat it, and it slides right through you." Okay, that's that's, that's, that's my definition as well. Okay, there we go. There, there's there's like, the yeah, it like slides out your butt. I go, yeah, oh. that's the White Castle definition. Okay, I don't know why else, but. Um, but then I was like, okay, should we call this like a flight episode? Because I've, I've been intrigued. Like, you know, I'm not drinking beer, but they'll do flights. And I, I was like, yeah, you know what? They should do flights of ice cream with different samples. You I know, think they do that. Flavors. They do like flights they, of coffee. They do. Exactly. So I was like, yeah. oh, this is kind of like a this is like flight. But then, of course, that's another double meaning flights. So is this like travel hardcore? And I'm like, no, it's not like fucking getting on an airplane. 
Also, by the way, Patrick's back in on airplanes, full on, just loves flying everywhere now. Can't get Welcome enough back. $49 flights. Yeah, all of a sudden, the radiation he was getting, it's, he's just wearing tinfoil. That's his only uh, carry-on, his tinfoil hats. <laughs> yeah, um, mostly. It's so it's not sliders, it's not flights, but it's mini topics. Uh, and I, Oh, and then the other one was, I was thinking like sampler, but I was like, yo, we literally do a sampler plate episode, and I think that's better representative of that. So... The idea today is topics that we've had bouncing around in our heads that maybe sort of could be fully formed episodes at some point, mm. but we're not totally sure, or they're just kind of like a little idea. So like, hey, let's put that idea out there. I like it. Yeah. And, and you know, nothing too heavy, but some, some different ideas. Um, would either one of you like to start or would you like me to start? I have one I could start with. Kick it. It's the only one I have so far, but I will think of another one. Of course. <laughs> so a thing that came up to me today that like kind of occurred to me when we were discussing, um, we were pre-proing, you know, because we're, pro- yes, we're yes. professionals. Um, do you think label like so when labels do reissues? Mm. Do you think they have any responsibility to add to the to to the the release? Meaning, like, I don't want to say who it is or why. All right, so a band that I love mm-hmm. and a label that I love uh-huh. reissued a record that had been out of print for a little while. A record you love. A record that I love. Yep. That a lot of people love. So, uh, you know, psyched, fucking ordered it, whatever. There's nothing more to it than the the version I already had. Oh. So, like, you know... Th- if you're going to reissue stuff, and I don't know if it's like price prohibitive, and that's something that you guys would probably answer better than I could. Do you think the labels, like if they are reissuing something that's been out in the original form for a while, then like packaged with other things and now are being reissued again? Yeah. Like, are we talking, you know, is it like, you know, is like a gatefold with some old flyers, like the bare minimum on something like that? Yeah, it's a good question. I actually really like this. Okay, so the broad question is when a label is doing a reissue of a record, not a repress, a reissue. So it's been out of press and there is some call for it. Right. Well, what's all right? Here's let's clarify the let's define those terms. Yeah. So repress is like if you put out a record and the pressing of it sells out, you repress it. Typically, so it's a in a very thing. similar. Yeah, yeah, totally. So right. a reissue is something that was at least for some time out of print. Okay, that's fine. as opposed to being sold out and hey, we're just making more. You know what I mean? Um, so I think, hmm, Pat, go in and then I'll I'll kick my ideas. Uh, so I don't know if this is a popular viewpoint among uh, people that are going for you know reissue feelings or whatever, but. Uh, there's literally no faking it. Nobody's going to be confused about what pressing this is. So I don't understand why you'd ever adhere to the classic uh, thing exactly. Now, if it's got iconic art, you're going to want to stay with that iconic art. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But I, and, and as we keep talking about the, uh, another planet, uh, like, that's kind of right on the line where those became iconic to a certain generation in this yeah. small and strange way. Uh, but those are kind of ass on the face of them. Um, and it's only they were thrown by together. Ver- yeah, it was yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
but they're, they I, feel like very utilitarian style when you look back at it. You know, which, which to be honest, hey, <laughs> got a lot are. of classic material on CD, some of which had never been on CD before. So right, so it's one of those things. Like listen to these, then maybe you can find the old versions. Sure. I uh, I think you keep the uh, art if it's good or great. Uh, we know if it's not good or great. Everybody knows if it's not good or great. If you are the only person that thinks it's good or great and you're reissuing it, listen to everyone else. Don't listen to yourself. Uh, and uh, I think you just ramp it up to 10. Uh, and I think it doesn't have to be a uh, gatefold, but I think that it's kind of in some small way required now. And you know, I mean, a, gatefold was just kind of like a catch all kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. I, I just to say it's a premium product in whatever way. Um, so, uh, oh, and I mean, so, 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 yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I, I, I think that yes, there is some obligation to do it right, unless the point is just to get it out back out in the world because it's been out of it's been out of press for so long. In which case, I guess. But if it's been out of press that long and you got the rights to it, why not dump the extra six thousand into it and make it fucking fantastic? You know. Yeah, I mean, so a good example of this right now is what the folks at Radio Raheem are doing. Exactly. All of their reissues look really incredible. Uh, what the, uh, I think it's Trust Company did with the Circle Jerks, Group Sex, and Seven Seconds, the crew reissues look incredible. Big layouts, additional content, all that fun stuff. Let me parse this a little bit. Reissuing. You're reissuing a very personal thing to you because you think it's great and you want to speak it out into the world. Okay. You know, that's a passion project. You, you might even anticipate losing money. I'm not super mad, but even there, and this is where we go, even there, have respect for the thing you are professing to love, to love so much that you are making more of it, you know, to, to spread the word. If it's something that exists beyond that, that has a broader appeal or things people want or, or really care about, one, yes, you do. You owe that, if for nothing else, the fact that you love it. You know, like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's uh, you know, if it's something you love, you treat it with respect and, and dignity and you want it to be good. You want it to be as good as it was. If you're doing it again, it should be even better. You know, um, Pat, you made the good point of the art because I've I've you know worked on projects where the original art was not discarded, but discographies did new art. You know what I mean? So it's like okay, this is a different kind of reissue, not straight reissue. So there's not, but it's like yo, like the cover of bringing it down is kind of perfect for bringing it down. So you know, neat. like right? That's that's what we want to see. There are things you can do, and it's like okay, is the is the art iconic? Most of the times it will be, or it's just, or is it like indelibly attached to something? Yeah. If the answer is even kind of maybe so, don't mess with it because at the same as as much as you're saying you respect and love the music and the the record, do the same for the art. And uh, the best stuff I've seen of that are ones that give the whole package the treatment. So so the record sounds good if it's been you know maybe make sure it sounds good pressed on high quality stuff yo go into the art catalog if that's a gatefold great do a pull out sleeve with 
sketches of the album cover, whatever it is. If we're reissuing stuff in 2021, if we're actually putting something onto physical vinyl or whatever it is, we're, we're using the resources, we better fucking make it look good. You know what I mean? And not to say this, like the things look bad. No, but if it's just straight, it's like, oh, okay. I mean, like, for example, how many times has Star Today been repressed? Oh, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's a, a lot. I mean, you don't have, yeah. I mean, but I'm t- saying 30, 40. I mean, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Nothing's changed except the color. Yep. Color of the vinyl a few times. You um, know what I'm saying? So, yep. like, people will buy it. So, it's one of those things that's kind of like, it's almost, I mean, I'll put it out there. You can just throw it out there. People are going to buy the shit. You're going to sell out of them regardless. That's true. Or do you want to make it like a fucking collector's item? And, you know, like, I would love for the next pressing of Star Today to be like, oh, shit, it comes with a little zine or it comes with, like, something that's more, you know, of the time. Because, I mean, it, it's all based on nostalgia. Sure. If you're going to do that, like, go full bore. Well, now, so here's the one thing I'll say is that a record like Start Today, this is the interesting part. <laughs> This isn't, you know, airing out dirty laundry. This is just I've fucking been around and seen enough. They did a final pressing of a bunch of the Rev classics in the early 2000s. And it was essentially to run out the print. Running out the print means that when you order jackets for a record, sometimes they'll be like, hey, it's just significantly more cost effective to run off 10,000 jackets than it is 5,000, like, cost-effective, you know? And and even even more so small numbers. Like, the cost of pr- printing 3,000 covers is nominal compared to the... Co- is nominally more than the cost of printing 1,000 covers. Sure. So if you know you're going to sell it, you go, oh, all right, I'll print... A f-. And even, even smaller range. Like, I've done records where I printed 1,000 LP jackets and only pressed 500 copies... Because if you have to ditch the record covers, hence the Rev HQ mail order, folks. Everybody who's oh, like, boy. man, they send covers in them. Yeah, because it's just cardboard to them, you know? Um, yeah, it's, yeah. Because they end up with these extra loose sleeves. So um, so those were all run-out pressings. Basically going, hey, the vinyl market dipped, which it did in the early 2000s, folks. Um, there was a time where Rev stopped pressing vinyl for some, most of their new releases. Right, um, which was interesting, and now you see what vinyl is; it's full on. So, uh, so yeah. So, outside of that, start today never went out of press. Hey, you! Do you have any plans this year? <laughs> How's that going? Do you get twenty twenty? Well, welcome to a brand new podcast called Twenty Twenty, where myself, Benny Goodman, and my good friends Corey Pazin and Siobhan Cronin from the band Lost Symphony also got twenty twenty. And since the world ended this year, we decided why not just check in with some of our friends in the music industry and see how everyone's doing. We're going to get a candid look at life on and off the stage, as well as the mindset of some of the most successful people in the entertainment industry. New episodes drop every Sunday and Wednesday at nine p.m. Eastern, and you can listen at Tuesday. 020-D.com, soundtalentmedia.com, or on your favorite podcast app. And in fact, it's pressed in pretty good quantities because there's always a demand for it at stores. So it's not so much nostalgia, it's discovery core. Just like the Black Flag SST records. Sure. Do you know how many copies of some of those that have been pressed? I, I can't oh. even wager to guess. And every so often they're like, oh, yeah, we'll do, you know, a thousand on blue or 500 on blue or whatever it is. Yeah. They rarely even announce what those numbers are, if ever. And it just ends up in record stores. 
Right. But they, That's cool. Yeah. They just press it because there's demand. So, so those records never go out of press. That is the exception to the rule, as you're illustrating, Tom. 99% of the time for hardcore records, they go out of press. They're out of press for some time, and demand builds up. And right. at that point, I 1,000% agree. I Like, we're not throwing anyone in the bus, under the bus here. It's just no, that no, there no. are really good examples, and there's a million different little things you can do to make a pressing cool. Whether that's, like like Pat was saying, the gatefolds, um, embossed sleeves. I don't know if you guys have ever seen, but I really like the um, matte, glossy stuff where it's like, oh, the band name is in like a gloss and the yeah. rest yeah. of the covers matte. Oh, like that stuff's all fun. Like you can do that. I forget the term for it. So someone is yelling at somebody who presses records is yelling about that. Um, there's tons of that kind of stuff that you can do that makes it fun. And by the way, if you do that, what happens? The person who was going to pass on it because it was straight repressed goes, oh, that's cool. I'll buy that now too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things like I was going to buy it whether it was like if they were sending me the fucking record in a fucking in a Ziploc bag. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like they had you. Yeah, a, they had you. Right. It's a record that's that important to a lot of us. So it's like sure. it's not, you know, and it's no slight. You know, it's just like I wonder like do label, you know, it's like oh, you get it, you're like all right i had this i had this already you know it's like it's just a newer version of the one i already had you know like i love like the 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 random like the accoutrement as they say that like Mm -hmm. you know like radio raheem does or whoever like that it's kind of like this is fucking awesome like even like you know our buddy justin with closed casket like you know he took he so he reissued the indecision most precious blood record yep like and he could have done a regular fucking just like because that was out of print for fucking 20 years yep you know he could have done whatever of course. But like he got old photos together, new photos and flyers and this and that, you know what I mean? Like, and like, you know, it, it adds to the, to the value of the, of, of the piece of art that you're buying. So, so we sing praises of, of all the label friends that we have who do this stuff. But like, Justin's a great example. To be honest, Trey and the folks at Deathwish, like when yep. they did the resurrection discography, yes, exactly. Like, they really pieced it together. They wanted it to not just be like, hey, Right. Here it is. They they had the LP remastered, remixed, and remastered because it always sounded like garbage. Um, right. It was all pieces of things that I already had. Right. And I bought and, it again. They, but they put it together in a nice package. Right. Justin, I'll speak to this directly because we've had several conversations about this, about things he has done and things he hasn't done yet. He isn't going to do it unless he has a good idea of how to do it. That's a great sign. If and maybe a good like like uh, cheat code, if for some reason you find yourself in the spot, or even you're just putting out a record, don't do it unless you can think of the cool way that you're going to do it, and you know how to do that, and you can afford to do that, and all those things. It'll be it's worth the effort to make it cool. Yes. What's the coolest record that uh, that you've put out, Tom? Like coolest looking, rather coolest. Looking. Um, the coolest looking record. MPB, I, I, MPB, nothing in vain has that nice metallic print. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So it's a yeah. It's like uh, it's yeah. It's kind foil. of akin to it's what you were saying print. with the yeah. It's like foil on top of. So we were like the OG. Like you know how like all like those bands made foil shirts. We made the foil record that everybody. No I'm kidding. I um, actually think it works really well with the layout. 
It looks great. And it's, yeah, because everything's like gray and kind of, um, I would say, um, the best kind of lay on everything is definitely the closed casket version of nothing in vain. Sure. Um, I have like a soft spot in my heart for the, the record release version of nothing. uh, uh, I'm sorry. No. So closed casket version of indecision, most precious blood my soft spot is the record release version of nothing in vain, which is just the, the slip cover is the, uh, is the Crossbuster bad religion logo. Oh yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Patrick, what's the coolest looking record you've released? Uh, speaking of, uh, in, uh, is it embossed? What's the, uh, you and I both don't know the term for, uh, Iron so Boss is did, the raised level. Raised. Yeah, that's not. Oh it. yeah, they Iron did it. Is it duets? Did he do that on? No, 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 no. Iron Pier did a did a record for us where uh, they made good use of the, what is that slick shit called? The <laughs> we're so stupid. I know, uh, really dumb, really dumb. Uh, I've Bob, done it for I usually, records. I usually go to you for this shit. You're the source of guy. Um, I know. I I've literally done it. For records like the the Mother Mercy seven inch, the No Eden seven inch has this where it's yeah. It, if, you, part, if you were part one of gloss, the guys, part would, matte, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know what that is. Gl- yeah, whatever. Gl- a gloss, uh, gloss highlight. We'll call it yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the uh, <clears throat> I think just as you said, that's a nice touch. Uh, I would have also liked. I think we had a not. Um, what do they call those Japanese strips? Obi. Obi. I don't believe we had an Obi strip. I, I think they're kind of a pain in the ass, but we have had an Obi strip for a record. I think I like That's an Obi fun. strip a lot. Yeah. Um, so I like, I'm, look, I'm a very basic type of uh, record guy. I like the simple shit like that, that gloss highlights is always work for me and are cool. You, yep. you, t- you do a little Obi strip with that shit. Uh, mm-hmm. you can even put it in Japanese, uh, and I'm a happy guy. I think that that shit looks classic. Uh, it looks like something that is a premium item that you got from a, an import store and it's cool. Yes. Yo, shout out to the little differences on that on layouts. I believe the carpet company version of the new turnstile record has an alternate sleeve where all of the text on the back is in Arabic. Oh, wow. Yeah. I believe, which is, cool shit looks really cool cool. it's one of those things you look at and you're like wait a second oh oh that's cool you know so uh shout out to those little things yo great great topic if so i think it's very true for reissues but i also think it's true for new records and i think it's hard because yo if you're the small label that's scraping it together just to do it or you're just putting out your own record or your own demo or whatever yo you got to do what you got to do you know um do it however you can, but as you progress, there's all these things I think about as being somebody who put out a pretty fair amount of records. I wish I had done glued sleeves only for all the seven inches I did. Just because I think they're rad. I just think they're cool. What's hmm. the option? Fold over sleeve. Oh, I see. Okay. You know what I mean? The seven inches with just the fold sleeve versus like a that glued go, sleeve, yeah. like glued pocket sleeve. Yeah. Um, those are the two most common. Uh, I wish there was a couple LPs I did that, yo, like the records, two of them, and they're good records. I did fold over sleeves for the jackets because I wasn't convinced they'd sell well. Uh, spoiler, they didn't. Um, 
and I didn't want to do all the print of LP jackets. So I did these really oversized, uh, you know, 12 and a quarter by 24 and change uh, fold over sleeves. So they're unique, shitty in a record collection. And it probably saved me like no joke. I probably saved a hundred dollars. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, even when I put those out, I was probably 26. I definitely wasted that hundred dollars doing dumb stuff like eating pizza, you know? So, (laughs) so, you know, um, don't have my regrets as somebody who's put out records and, uh, you know, just, just treat, treat the efforts you do, you know, go in. And I feel really good about a lot of the records I put out and feel really good about the way they turned out and all that. But, um, but there were little things like that that were cutting corners that I look back and wish I hadn't. So, yeah, um, I'm, so I'm looking for solutions for this upcoming year because plant delays being what they are. Um, and uh, like, how do you make premium lathe product? You know, there's all types. I think I'm going to uh, buy a lathe machine, actually, so we can talk about that. We can talk about that because I'm going to buy uh, dead stock uh, uh, laser discs. Uh, and, oh, beautiful. And uh, probably do a couple, uh, you know, just – 50 uh because we've got uh 50 to 100 i guess because we've got uh uh uh, some singles that are coming out that they honestly i i'm curious what bands that kind of like to produce are going to do because i'm thinking of just releasing a lot of self-defense stuff as demos this year uh and doing it like leading up to an lp just honestly like hey maybe this will end up on the lp maybe it won't but it won't be this it won't version, be this recording. Right. This is yeah. just us trying to get the song down. Maybe let people in in that respect because I can't. I've gone too long without releasing music, and it kind of makes me puke. So, looking for workarounds and also trying to make it cool. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, we should talk the lathe thing. I think is smart. I've thought for for bands who are planning to do an LP. Yo, if you're in the interim, but you want to still play some shows and have a thing to sell, press fifty of a. You know, A side, one of the tracks from the LP, B side, live song, cover, whatever the hell you want. Um, or even one sided with one track from the LP and then second song is a unique thing. And make 50 of them. And there's going to be this weird scarcity thing. But you know what? Fuck it. It's cool. This is a weird time. Um, same thing with cassettes. Make some demos. I, I, I think there's a lot of interesting, cool ideas. And I put it to people to be creative with it because. That's the way a lot of cool stuff can happen. And, yo, there's no... Despite us being a podcast that talks about form and we're basically laying, saying, don't put out reissues unless they look good. You know what I mean? And we're not we're not being dicks. But, like, end of the day, there are no rules to this shit. So you want to put out a cassette? Fucking do it. You want to put out five cassettes next year? Fucking do it. And if you do it, if you make it look cool, it will be cool. That's all there is to it. There you go. Tom, I loved your topic. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it was just something that occurred to me because I was like, I've also started like really kind of trying to get in with this Discogs. Oh, okay. Because I bought, like, not that I'm selling anything, but just like keep track of everything. Yo, I I need to do that. Dude, it's a fucking nightmare. Is it? Well, no, it's not. But like when you don't do it regularly, it's a pain. Oh, yeah, sure, sure, sure. And also, like so, not everyone has a. Uh, I usually use the uh, the um, barcode on the back. Smart. That you can find, you know. But not but everything the has it. <laughs> not everyone has it. 
And as a colorblind human being, when it asks you what version you have, and you oh, go, you struggle. This could be orange. This <laughs> could be light red. You gotta I take a photo know. and send it to us. Yeah, yo, yo, let, let us be your colorblind uh, crutch guide dogs. Yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah, we're in. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, to me, I don't really give a fuck. It's like, oh, this one's worth thirty five, and the other one's worth twenty eight. I don't give a shit. Like, just so I know what I have. Yeah, but um, but that's it occurred to me, and I was doing that. I was like, oh shit, like that's yeah, that's weird. Like I, you know. The only two things in my want list are, are now that we talk about it all the time. The another planet reissues. I want to see. I want them oh, either yeah. on tape or CD. I had them, and the guy pulled out. He wouldn't do it. Oh, he pulled out. Really? And he was just like, "Yeah, we don't have those available anymore." It was like some oh, rando that man. definitely didn't know what he had. What a dickhead! I was like, "God damn, that's all I want." <laughs> so if anyone, I, I'll take Leeway's probably number one to me. Okay. Yep. I don't. You know, Chromex number two. Yes. Yes. I mean, oh, we should, we should order the, those. Yeah. The Warzone ones. I mean, you know, yeah, yeah, yo, I mean, uh, yeah, hit, hit a brother up, as they like to say, as the yes. as the kids of the '90s say. Um, all right, Patrick, you going or am I going? I got I got one that might not have that long legs, so we can give it a give it a little what we can right now. Yo, Tom, uh, that was that was like a 26 minute mini topic. That was exactly what we wanted. Perfect, you, you nailed it. Po- to hit the post. Did my homework. Uh, okay. So, I got uh, some COVID. <laughs> I got some COVID protocols uh, sent to me for tours. Okay, uh, are, are you guys interested at all? Very yes. So, uh, I'm doing a bunch of tours, so I kind of have. Uh, I, I don't. I imagine that these will be pretty universal, but yeah, I currently have the plausible deniability to say that I'm doing like three tours. So this could, could be, be any of these. You could have gotten them from another source, which yeah. we know you're hooked in. So let's hear it. <clears throat> okay. So uh, basically you're going to need a vaccination card, uh, yep. f- photocopy acceptable. Um, and uh, so let me just read some of it. Cause I don't think I'm talking <laughs> out of school. Uh, American bullshit. Next uh, you're going to have to like, have these things to get into school or like have a license to drive a car. This is fucking bullshit. No, listen kids. to this guy. Uh, not the, not the cleanest comparison that the people think it I is. Mean, you did have to have shots to go to school. I, yes. And they were forced on me at a time where I couldn't have made that decision for myself. I, so you don't have to, you know what? You don't have to play in bands. You can get a fucking job because at that time, at that age, you were the legal property of rusty and Frank. So they, that's they did with you as they, they made the decisions for you. It's that's been all correct. downhill since then. And you stop letting them make your decisions for you. That's true. That's probably, I mean, <laughs> I would, I would be a state worker right now that would own part of a parking lot with three other guys as part like an investment, but there's volunteer there's firefighter. Sometimes yeah, there's maybe. technically worse lives. Um, so, okay. So uh, for this tour, the um, pretty much everybody involved is going to need a vaccination at, or a negative test. Uh, presented 48 hours uh, prior uh, to entry. This is this is kind of for employees, staff uh, of the venues themselves. For individuals not fully vaccinated, a negative test must be presented and a mask worn over the mouth, nose, and mouth uh, while on site. All food and beverage handlers will be required to wear a mask over the nose and mouth and wear clean gloves at all times. Clean is uh, in capitals. Gloves must be changed frequently. Uh, photocopy of your, of your records will be accepted. Um, 
Okay. So what does that mean? Forty-eight hours? Like, I'm sorry. Sh- sh- well, I mean, uh, I'm dealing with this now from like my my job. Mm. So I'm and I'm like going to say fucking nightmare. Yes, I'm going to say. You know where I fall on this, which is uh, what I would describe as personal liberties, and you would describe as irresponsible. Every all of our listeners, un- all of our listeners understand. Uh, I even feel like this forty-eight hours thing is it's it's that feels performance to me because certainly you could be exposed within those forty-eight meantime, hours. So so you have to get them done every forty-eight hours. Like so, all right. For example, not to cut you off. Sure. But but germane to this, and I was going to say you should probably do one of these, maybe on a headliner. Bob Mould posted a video of like because he's he's starting a tour on Thursday, mm-hmm. and was like, "Hey, it's Bob," you know, kind of. It's, we haven't played in eighteen months. We're really so excited, but you know, like a really nice thing. And it's Bob Mould, so like you're going to listen to him because it's fucking sure. Bob Mould. And he was just, you know, it's like, you know, my best, you know, please. You know, we're all vaccinated. The crew's all vaccinated. Please go to the websites for each individual place, you know, that we're playing. Double check what the rules are there. I'm asking you personally, like, if you're in the room with us, you know, while we're playing to keep your mask on, you know, except if you're having a drink or whatever. And he was like, because I'm telling you, he's like, if we have one positive COVID test, the tour is over. And he's like, if you're concerned either about being in a closed in a in a room with a bunch of people, if you're concerned about the vaccines, if you're concerned about anything else, he's like. Please, can't you know? Get your money back. He's like, we'll be back. Like, don't feel like you have to come now. Yeah, but like, it was very kind of like, yo, I hear you, responsible. But adult. like, yeah, but like, you don't have to, like get your money back. Like, don't fucking do something that you don't feel comfortable doing. Like, we'll be back again. So like, and but and you know. look, e- even with my kind of whatever, however we would define my feelings on it, uh, I think that that's also worth noting for both sides of this argument is. If you're uncomfortable, don't do something you're uncomfortable with. Right. Oh, and no, I brought that up because he mentions he's like the band and crew will be getting tested every two days. So that's what I find interesting. I don't think I'm being asked to be tested in let. Well, okay. Let me get to it. Actually, if you don't mind. Yeah. Um, yeah sure. Sure. So, uh, I'm jumping all over the place right now. Uh, okay. So here's what I think is interesting. Uh, there's no guests backstage. Uh, it's, sure. It's only crew uh, and uh, bands. I, I'm sure that there's a lot of people for whom that makes the experience of touring less fun. As you can imagine, that makes me so happy. <laughs> like, that is. Right, here's a question I, for you, Pat. Can yes. it bother you at even the slightest? Nope. Yeah. N- sorry to like not to to make you know to do the Grand, grand Inquisition. Sure. But like, so I'm sure you know some of the bigger tours. There's like the thing that they're doing called the bubble, mm-hmm. right? Are you allowed to venture out on your own? No, right? Like your your usual like I'm gonna go find a Whole Foods and like sit there for three hours before the show. You may not actually be able to do that, right? Okay, oh, okay. Jesus so th- I don't think I'll be asked for that at any time. I will say that um, load-ins of the tours that I'm uh, like I'm getting information on uh, are way later, and I think that that is to minimize time in a closed space together. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, uh, or cross right. contact between bands, et cetera, that sort of thing. Um, way later, honestly. So, uh, that's a totally, that's like a very interesting phenomenon to me that support acts are, are going to be kind of like, Hey, no disrespect. Stay like away. From the main from yeah, don't get me sick. I mean? uh, They're which, paying to see us. Yeah. And honestly, 
that's as it should be. I don't have I it, I don't have any problem with that at all. Like th- these acts that uh, the whole tours are contingent on should be doing everything in th- they should be looking out for themselves as with them. Yeah, right? yeah. So, uh, so Tom, to answer your question about uh, testing, though, um, it looks like I am going to be uh, kind of uh, I don't know what they call that uh, temp tested basically uh, every day. Uh, and if my temperature, uh, is at all higher then we go to that next test, um, and I'm not allowed in, I'm straight up. If I have a temperature over like that constitutes fever. And to be honest, it is way lower than I would think. Like if I jog around the block, I might, that might be my temperature. You think so? Sure. You think so? But I mean, the number that I'm looking at is like, I'm being given the number a hundred. I bet I could yeah. get my. I bet I could get my fucking temperature to a hundred. There were so, a few times this summer mm-hmm. that I went to work. That you know, I'd probably walk three or four blocks from the train in like you know ninety five degree weather. Oh, Tom, sweating uh, like a you know like sure. uh, like a full fucking sweaty mess for sure. And I'd have to get to the. I'd get to the building. They'd be like, "Take your glasses off. We're just gonna have to take your temperature." And it'd be like. 97.2. And I feel like I'm feel like I'm a million. <laughs> Were you nervous? Like there's no way. Yeah. Cause I was like, <laughs> there's no way I'm not 98.6 or below. Like I'm on thought, like I'm sweating. My toes are sweating. Like there's no way that this is. And then I was just like, either. I don't know how biology works or like this machine's a little fucked. <laughs> uh-huh. uh- I don't know. Maybe you're right. I I would guess that I could get my temperature up, but uh, I think you'd be surprised, though. Seriously, it's weird. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I'm I'm actually now Sorry. looking. Um, <clears throat> so, oh, everything I saw just tells me what kind of jacket I should wear to run. That's not very helpful. Um, mm. so anyway, the uh, so yeah, I gotta get a anyone who displays or confirms they're experiencing symptoms or a temperature consistent with those of someone infected, that's about a hundred degrees shall not be allowed entry into the venue. Your information will remain private. What I'm curious about is, um, the idea that I could test, um, temperature wise, I could test high and not be allowed to perform, but show up the next day and pass that test. That's That feels, uh, like an abundance of caution to me because, uh, or, or not an abundance of caution. It feels like almost like a misguided caution to me because I feel like I should probably be requisite to get an, a proper COVID test in the interim. Otherwise, you know, I, I, what, what was that all for? You know, um, uh, dressing rooms and catering areas, uh, are disinf- disinfected prior to arrival. Uh, as I said, no outside crew. Uh, let's see all backstage areas, uh, disinfected. Uh, here's the part that I thought was, uh, it, as face coverings cannot be worn while eating adequate eating space must be provided to ensure physical distancing while maintaining, uh, what will be maintained during meal periods. Uh, I thought that was interesting and, uh, signage has to be all over the venue, uh, is saying, Hey, this is what is expected of you, which makes sense, but it's interesting that it's in writing here. So, uh, this is all stuff that you probably, that you guys probably expected, right? Yeah. And there's probably like a COVID, um, like a manager of some sort, right? There is, so very Tom, you know, you're playing, you're playing like you don't know, but you know, <laughs> this, it, it's, it's called a COVID compliance officer. And that's and, what it was. Yes. Wow. Good old um, CCO. 
Yeah, <laughs> it's a CCO. Um, uh, will be on, uh, I guess, every major tour. Um, yeah, I mean, for example, we won't put you. I mean, one of them is you're probably on the tour right now while this goes up. Yeah, well, I, like, I, so I'm going out with Thrice. I'm going out with Citizen, and then there's other stuff that's not announced. So this right. really could be anybody. Right, right. But so I mean, irrespective of that, I'm like not even putting that up, but like. Think of like a tour like you guys, Touche, and and Thrice. Yep. At the most, between band and crew, you're talking 25 people maybe? Maybe? Yeah. Yeah, right? Think about like, I, you know, a while back I had gone to see Green Day. Mm-hmm. And there were fucking 40,000 tickets sold. There's got to be hundreds of people on that tour. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, like, so, to so, imagine so, having like one or two plus, people. For sure. It's got to be. I mean, you think like, you know, like th- these are bands that like, you know, the bands fly to the next show and then all of their fucking people. But could you imagine like having to be the one or two CCO people that are like in charge of because that was like the New York show. Um, somebody in Fall Out Boys camp tested positive. So then like obviously they couldn't play, but like they weren't even allowed to come to the show. Uh, yeah, I, I like I, it's outdoors. Like they can't. They, I mean, like if you're not the person that was sick and you tested negative, like you weren't even allowed anywhere near the fucking building. That's yeah, wild. I mean, look, that we could call that an abundance of caution in a positive or negative way. But the reality is, like, as much as I'm, um, as much as I'm critical of some of this stuff, I think from a purely practical point of view, you're talking about uh, a lot of people's livelihoods. You're not just talking about any. Like if, for example, if an opener, I'm going to be taking, you know, this thrice tour, for example, and also, uh, the citizen tour, uh, we're not the headliner of either of those tours. I'm going to be taking it very seriously because it's, to me, this is somebody else's money. You, you know what I mean? So sure. Uh, it, it's uh, and I think that that's how we're going to have to look at it. And look, Tom, I, I know that you get people hitting you about things I say on this podcast. Yes. Uh, I also get people that kind of are more extreme on this topic than I am hitting, hitting me. Right, uh, I'm a CNN liberal. Whatever the fuck. It, <laughs> and uh, I think that uh, regardless of where you fall on that spectrum, I think those of us that are doing support slots uh, just have to really treat it like more like a job that than I'm necessarily accustomed to, but I'm not mad at that because this is really uh headliner right. livelihood stuff. Right. Yeah. And like adult money. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I'm not mad at any bands that I'm like, at least the COVID protocols that I've been sent so far are to my eye, not unreasonable. Even if I wouldn't, you know, even if they wouldn't be how I'd conduct myself, I'd still go, well, <laughs> you know I mean, I, 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 I get yeah, it. You'd like let everyone cough in your other's mouths. But I would. See, it's fake. I would, but <laughs> Yeah, but it's a little different. That's I, not for everybody. Like, that's not, that's not. Right. I think you're, you're, yeah, there's probably a happy medium somewhere <laughs> in there. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. It, uh, I thought that this is, I think that trying to figure this out, threading this particular needle is super interesting. Uh, f- for this moment, I think that, uh, a lot of the smaller acts that, um, kind of are getting, uh, support opportunities at this moment, uh, are going to be looking at a lot of this stuff. And, uh, I also wonder how kind of very basement or VFW style acts uh, are going to be handling this because uh, I think it's fine for someone like to me to say, hey, each one of these people is accountable to themselves and only themselves. Uh, if you feel uncomfortable going to a show, don't go to a show. 
Uh, but you really don't want to be the person that caused other people to be sick. You know what I mean? Like no matter how you feel about whatever, you don't want to get other people sick. So I don't know. I, 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 I don't know how you fellas feel about this, but everything that I just read felt pretty reasonable. Sure. Sounds reasonable. I largely think we're in a space where, uh, you know, caution to abundance of caution is, is a range, right? And you boiled it down correctly when you said that for some people, this is livelihood. And I'm not talking about the bands per se, but obviously they're in that group. But there's people who are out on the road as as tour managers or whatever, whatever. Front of house, anybody. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's a lot of people. venue staff, all that. Um, well, hey, friends. My name is Zach Lupiton. You may know me from the band Dust Bowl Revival, but I also host a music discovery podcast called The Show on the Road. For the last five seasons, I've been able to dive deep and have intimate chats with folks like the Lumineers, Andy DeFranco, Wolfpack, Keb Moe, Lake Street Dive, Bela Fleck, and more. So guess what? After 150 conversations with some of my favorite songwriters from around the world, we are bringing brand new episodes to the Osiris Network. New interviews and intimate acoustic performances will be coming at you this summer. And which episodes are coming next, you ask? I am Zach Goody, the lead singer for the band Smash Mouth. Our band is called Milky Chance. We are based in Berlin. My name is David Shaw. I sing and write songs with my band, The Revivalists. Trust me, these conversations go some wild places. So subscribe to the show on the road on Osiris, and we'll see you soon. And it's the attendee thing. It's more than ever personal responsibility. And... And it's not personal responsibility to anyone except yourself first and foremost. And then you can kind of go from there and extend it as much as you want. Or if you choose as low as you want, that's up to you. But I, I really do think it's that that is the adage. If you feel weird about going, think about it. L- do your own research and search your feelings because, yo, I've, I've done a ton of research and there's still things I'm like, ah, I don't know, do I feel good about that? Do I not feel good about that? You know, and you find you find your truth in this shit. So, so go for that. Here's my question, you know? though. Yeah. Now, if so, yeah, it's I mean, obviously it's your choice if you want to go, if you don't want to go. Mm-hmm. But don't you think, like, if there's things put in place that, like, kind of ameliorate some of your concerns... Like, for the well, I mean, I'm the the greater good guy. But like, for example, right? Probably about a month ago, by the time you hear this, me and my buddy Anthony went to go see Lucy Dacus played musical Williamsburg. Right? She was on tour with uh, Bright Eyes, mostly outdoor shows. They were doing some off night shows indoors. So they play supposed to play Terminal Five. Um, he cancels all indoor shows for the rest of the summer. Right. So she's out on tour, and she's like, "Well, cool. I'm going to do." Um, played musical Williamsburg, like, you know, announced on like a Thursday for a Sunday night show. You had to, you know, bring proof of full vaccination. And you had to wear a mask inside. Mm. By, you know, by the artist, you know, like request. Guess what? She sold that that show out in like an hour. So like, and it was it, the show itself was so like kind of like it felt 
more joyous than most things I've been to mm. because it felt like, oh, we can like kind of like everyone's like looking out for each other. And like you, you, you know, like it's it was almost like a relief that like you like if, if it wasn't kind of everyone being like, can you like wear a mask? Like Bob Mould is requesting right. that is, is saying everyone's got to wear a mask. If it's like up to pe- people are shit and like people are not going to do the right thing for other people. But that kind of I feel like that drags down the whole vibe. Like I'm less likely to go to a show when I go, well, I don't you know, like if not everyone's going to do the right thing, like then I don't necessarily want like want to put myself at risk or put someone else at risk or what you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean it's just weird. Like I mean Bob Mould be like you know what how much it sucks to be in a band and have every fucking person watching you with a mask over their face? Uh that shit sucks. You don't know what's going on. Are you having fun? Are you hating it? Are you mouthing along? Do you not know the words? Like what the fuck's happening? <laughs> uh, it's not ideal no, for them no, either. You're not wrong. But but here's the thing. It's like, well, this isn't like a necessary evil right now. Or you fuck off and don't play until next summer when things may be different. And then you don't have to worry about it. Like there's you got a choice. Like no one doesn't there's no one on this in in fucking well, I was gonna say on Earth, but there are people on Earth that don't have choices. You have a choice here. Everyone's got a choice. You may not like the choices, but you have a choice. Like, for example, like the Department of Labor is making it a, like if you have over 100 employees, you have to, everyone has to be vaccinated. Like all these different rules that are coming into yeah, fruition. Right, or, right. Where we'll have come into fruition by now. Like if you're choosing not to get tested and not to get vaccinated, that's the equivalent of you're just you're, you're resigning. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, some of that, yeah. right. There's there's a. There's you have a choice. It sucks. Yes. There's a, conver- choice. there's a conversation on how compelled you are or how coerced you are at that moment. Uh, and I think it's, again, like without getting too heavy on this, uh, I think it opens up a lot of doors that people do not want to open up regarding like our, our responsibilities to each other and how we do not enact those at every other moment of our lives, but we have chosen to right now. I think that there's going to be a, like, it's going to open a lot of weird legal doors. Obviously, some of the states are going to push back against that federal law. And I think that there's going to be a ton, truly a ton of exemptions. Uh, I think the religious exemption part is going to get very strange very quickly. Yeah. I don't, I don't I think know. you'd be surprised, though. There's this room court that says that they can um, mandate vaccinations. But, For, yeah, I mean, I think the religion stuff is, is – def- but you know what, though? Then you have other options. You don't have to get vaccinated, but there's other options. Yes. Well, that don't that don't rise to resignation. Getting tested every week, uh, while that might be annoying, I think you have that option. Yeah, I think. And to be honest, I think it's a fairly reasonable option given what we're doing. I I personally like like I was happy to see, even though it doesn't really impact me. uh, I I was happy to see in that uh, COVID protocols thing that you know your medical information is going to be kept secret. Like, and obviously I knew that but it's nice to read. So should I test positive at work and not be able to go to work? I, I think the, in my view, that's all responsible on the part of the job. As long as no information is shared, I think everything is above board. Uh, so Tom, I, I'm actually with you on this. I, I think that testing is completely appropriate. You do have an option. You don't have to get vaccinated. So uh, yeah, I, I guess I'm I, I'm team. I mean, it's paying the balls. It's not the best. No, it's unpleasant. It. But you you know it, yeah. it is what it is. But if you don't choose either of those options, yeah, well, then the option is not great. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, also that's the way it is. Uh, well, 
I don't know. You you guys tell me. And and Bob, I'm I'm curious to hear if you've got a strong feeling on this one way or the other. But mm. uh, the uh, it, tell me if I'm wrong. Like, there's no religious exemption that I'm aware of for getting tested. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you, like right. I can imagine that there is. I would imagine that if you are a Christian scientist, uh, maybe a Jehovah's Witness as well, uh, you there's faiths where you could say, yeah, this particular type of vaccination is completely outside of what I'm, what my faith practices and I'm unwilling right. to do it. And you this can't made up thing that was created thousands of years ago. Yeah. I mean, yes, Tom. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. Tom, don't look to me to try to justify, you know, like, but my point is that it is an exemption that we allow in this, in these United States. Uh, but to my knowledge, I don't know if anybody's God that tells them not to get tested. You, you know what I'm saying? So uh, I think that, uh, yeah, testing is a solution to my to my eye. Right. And I think that's, you know, I mean, I think the the those are huge outliers. <laughs> so, but I mean, I think, yeah, all right. So you have the option. You got to mask up and get tested. Okay. Well, I, you know. I, I'd be curious. Um, did, did you guys see the, uh, uh, th- th- there is an airline that uh, is mandating vaccinations, but uh, if you have a religious exemption, you're just on paid leave, maybe indefinitely. Uh, so it doesn't feel like the most uh, eloquent solution to me. That's a lot of wasted money. You're uh, on paid leave or unpaid? On paid leave. So, wow. so what I've seen on some of that is that <clears throat> they're being very stringent about what constitutes uh, religious exemption, like being pretty fickle because it's like, Hey, if we can if we can point to any of the leader, leaders of your religious belief sect advocating for vaccination, et cetera, et cetera, it's not going to fly. Mm. And, and they went through a litany of the examples, like so. If you're part of any of the major, you know, oh yeah, it's yeah. like you're you're totally screwed. And then even as we go, walk down, they're like, yeah, so so good luck. Uh, you know, right. You're, it's equivalent of, you know, like Fox News is being like, don't get vaccinated. Like, yo, they all had to be vaccinated to get in the studio. <laughs> it's like such fucking bullshit. It's all bullshit. I mean, I think so. Like, I, And then we can move on to something more fun than this. But like, so I have an employee. Like, so I had a list of all these people that had, like it gets submitted to HR. I have no fucking idea whether you're vaccinated, you're not vaccinated, but you, or whether you went the testing route. But you had to have done have done one of those. You know, my my agency has like 475, whatever, yeah, how many yeah, yeah. people, right? So narrow it down, like, cool, there's just one person. So I reach out to her, like, direct boss who works for me, and I'm like, hey, you know, so-and-so really kind of needs to make one of these decisions. And she speaks to the woman. The woman's like, I mean, this isn't going to be, like, my career, so I don't know why I have to do it. Wow. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> and we're like, and I'm like, well, it won't be your job either. Like you have to do one of these things. It was due by today. So like today was the, the first day. Like if you were coming to the office or you're planning to come to the office at any point in the near future, this you had to have day. one of these things submitted. And she's like, well, I'm not going to like this is going to be like my forever job. I'm like, yo, you're like 25 or however old you are. Like that's not a reason not to do this. Like that's cool if it's not going to be your career, but like we'll we'll relieve you of your job sooner than that if you'd want. Sure, like, sure, sure. A job still pays your rent as much as a career does. Last I checked, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I'm like I know like you don't see yourself doing this at 60, but like you're doing it right now, dude. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, and your rent is not going to be paid uh, by uh, I don't know 
speculation on your future. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But like that logic was like, what the fuck? Oh, this isn't going to be like my first. Uh, oh, in that case. Come on in. Yeah. Oh, Call never mind. Phone. Oh, it's not going to be your career. And then we're pretty casual at that point. Yeah, I'm going to go around and be like, do you guys see yourself here in five years? Like, it's going to, yeah. Because if no? you do, here's okay. some well, rules. If it, not, yeah. ah, don't worry about it. Um, Yo, honestly, it's hard for me to muster strong feelings. I, I like that there's choice. Um, at this point, I just think people need to be safe uh, for themselves. And I mean, that's speaking pretty selfishly, right? Like, I, I want people to be safe for themselves. And whatever that means to somebody, rock and roll. Um and these 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 rules are kind of coming into effect, and it's kind of cool that there's some options. I hope that bridges the gap. I hope that people on both sides of it look at it and see that they do have an option that doesn't, you know, ruffle their feathers. I'm sure that there's going to be a lot of hoot nanny about this. Uh, Everybody loves to be offended. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I just don't have the energy for it. You know, like just. Fucking yeah. But I mean, if you were going get to an off, office shit or every get day. off the pot, no, I, I, yeah. I know. If I was going to an office every day, I'd have those kind of like I'd be, I'd probably have a different set of trepidation. Yeah, um, you know what I mean. Like, but know, I mean, you know, I have, I have a kid. I have, yeah, you know, of course. So it's like I drop them off. At but do the teachers day. need to be? Vaccinated? Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like it's like yep. if that ain't just for them. Nope, 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 no, no. no, no, no <laughs> you know exactly. I'm saying that's for the seven year olds in front of them. That's whatever, exactly however, right. You know? No, it's 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 you know, and it's sort of like. <sighs> When you go out into the world, like there's also this unspoken code of like, uh, of like, the am I certain that all the parents of the other kids in my child's class are vaccinated? No. Uh, have I asked even a single one of them for their status? Nope. No. Well, you know that's just not. I, I, it feels weird and unhuman to do that. That said, I hope they're being smart. They got a kid just like me. We have to be around each other. I actually really sure. like most of them. Uh, a wide range of views, um, but I really get along, get on with all of them pretty well. So sure. just hoping they're being safe for themselves and their kids and their family and all that because, you know, uh, who was I talking to? I was talking to someone who said, um, oh, yeah, I was talking, who said they follow the Peloton instructor. Shout out, Aaron. Uh, follows a Peloton instructor who had not really been into the vaccine and all this and uh, she was going to pick up her mom on a Friday, the, the instructor and, you know, see this. And then her mom was dead like four days later kind of thing. And, you know, those kind of stories are like, damn, yeah, whatever yeah, it is I mean, that's causing someone to die. I don't want that to happen. Right. If it's something that you could prevent, you could easily prevent. That's right. That's right. So Bob, what do you got? I have one guys. Yes. All right. <clears throat> do we talk about reunion records a lot? No. In passing, but not often. Right. I think I think both answers are correct. I don't think we talk about them too much. I think we talk about them here and there in passing and, and have brought up a few. I don't want to focus on any reunion records prior to 2010 because that's essentially ancient history to a young listener. But I, I do want to bring up a couple reunion records and then the way they're received and or perceived. And if you guys have any other examples of of reunion records where a band broke up and got back together to do a record. So the two I think of from that, this last decade or so are the no warning torture culture LP, uh-huh. which was their first, they did a single before this. They might, I actually did two singles before this um, resurrection of the wolf resurrection of the wolf. And then there was another one. 
um, that I can't remember the title of, but uh, I think it came out as a flexi on Walking Out. Um, but so that, they do the reunion LP, Torture Culture, and Trapped Under Ice, Heat Wave, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. In your, in your estimation, how were those records received? And you can go individual or, or both, but to your memory, you know, how were they received? Quiet. Quietly. Unless un, unfairly quiet for both. I, I largely agree. I also rem- I, think, I also yeah. remember a little bit of negativity about the TUI because it wasn't what some people wanted from them. Right. But and I think the same could be said about the No Warning record. Sure, sure, sure. But I think like both bands were victims of their own success. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Like oh, yeah. you weren't getting a fucking, you know, one more kiss goodnight or fucking, you know, still blood, Ill, Ill or blood. Yeah, yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like you weren't going to get that. They're different people. It's fucking 10 years off. Like it's not going to be the same. And I mean, and I'm guilty of like kind of being like, ah, man, Come I really on. wish. Yeah, this give me what I want. I wish that TY was a little bit more ignorant. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, sure. 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 We, we and, like that. You in. know, and then no warning thing is like, you know, like I, I, I remember hearing no warning record and be like, yo, this record's filthy. Yeah. It just sounds fucking filthy, and I, lo- I and I liked it a lot. It's not ill blood, but I don't think it necessarily needed to be. No, and I think both of those records are quite good. Yep, but were just kind of overshadowed because in the in the because they were brought, you know, they were recorded after you know the the kind of under you know under the shadow of a reunion, right? right. So like those reunions are based on. Big Kiss Goodnight, Secrets of the World, and fucking, you know, Ill Blood. Yep, yep. And the seven inch. You know what I'm saying? Sure. So like you're you know, you're you're thinking of fucking, you know, no warning as the dun 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 riff sure, that like yeah. <laughs> that like makes people all become fucking animals. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, it's it they're already kind of built up to this like giant like it's at a fever pitch, no matter what you would have done, it wouldn't have been what people wanted unless it was like hey we just changed the words <laughs> and i mean like to be honest i would be i think there's be quite a bunch of people who wouldn't love that either but you know what i'm no, saying like i feel wrong. like there was nothing you could have done to like kind of you know uh, that people would have been psyched on you know and it's funny like we always talk about this like you know well i mean you know we talked about the quicksand records yeah there we go you know and i think you know people always go like well you know it's fucking rival schools. Sure. Sounds sure. like rival schools. I think du- stupidly, people were like, yeah, Heatwave sounds like fucking Angel Dust. Oh, sure. Yeah. And it didn't. No. Nope. It was a little bit more punk and hardcore than like more metallic stuff that they were doing. Yeah. Uh, more The songs were a lot more efficient. I mean, uh, the playtime on Heatwave has to be, I mean, it's probably not, it's probably a little more than half as long as Big Kiss Goodnight, but I bet it's right. close. Close to only half, yeah. you know what I mean? Like that. Yeah, a- and I will die on this hill. Mm-hmm. That song from the Triple B comp. Yep, no, nice. should have been on the record. Oh, it's great. Yeah, it's look, so uh, respectfully to everybody in in TUI, um, it was it, uh, Angel Dust Turnstile. You can't, in my view, you can't sound like either one of them on your reunion record. You you have to really strongly delineate from the other members of the family tree. Uh, now it's kind of unreasonable for me to say that because this is where their heads were at. And I always want to respect it. 
But as we've discussed, I'm the one paying for the fucking thing. You know what I mean? Like I want to buy some it. say in the matter. Yeah. <laughs> so, so like, I, you know, I, I want what I want. Uh, I think that they needed to uh, really separate themselves from the other members of the family and do a straight TUI record. Uh, and do you think they did not do that? Oh, no, no, no. Well, so here I, I should correct myself. Uh, Big Kiss Goodnight is 33 minutes long. How long do you think Heat Wave is? Uh, 13. It's like 10 songs, probably 17. It's 13 minutes long. Fuck. I'm good. Finally, songs. I win something at this fucking. Come on. <laughs> I probably had it open. It was good Good work by iTunes. you. Buddy. Um, he had his Winamp open. I was like, I know exactly how long it is. <laughs> Shout out to the Winamp heads out there. Um, yo, I. Uh, by the way, can can somebody point me in the way to make what are MIDI files? I want to make some MIDI files. So somebody hit me with that. Um, to go really old internet on everyone. Um, <laughs> yo, I think everything that was said was right. I, I think that Heatwave is a pretty good record. I think Torture Culture is a pretty good record. Both certainly deserve your time and attention if you haven't listened to them. If you haven't listened to them recently, because they both came out some years ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. Torture Culture is... Uh, uh, Heatwave is 2017. Um, Torture Culture, I believe, is 2018... Uh, 2017 as well. So there you go. Wow. Four years. I know, bro. right? So if you haven't listened to it in a while, give them both a shot. Um, yeah. Definitely tracks. That said, um, I also agree that the TUI record doesn't sound like Angel Dust. I don't think it totally sounds like Turnstile, but they didn't differentiate too much because I think all those fellas kind of fell into this world where they were like, yo, you know what's really fun to do? Write like minute and a half to two minute songs that are fun and pretty fast and have some good energy. And that's the common thread because I don't think Angel Dust and Turnstile no. sound that much alike. And especially as they both continue to grow, their their trajectories are changing, etc. Um, the reason I bring this up larger is the idea that we look at, we sometimes, well, one, we look at records like this differently than we do bands who have long careers and never break up. For example, the Blacklisted record that came out in 2015, the LP, they had done a couple EPs, but were pretty low-key. The LP that had come out before that came out six years prior, I believe. I think, yeah, nine. Yeah, right? So, you know, we'll, we'll get to that soon enough. Um, and it's, there's, a, and Cold World is, I think, even longer. I think, I don't. I think um, how the gods chill. Come the LP comes out. I think that's 2015 as well. And dedicated came out in 2008, 2007. Jeez. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. So so there's a, so there we we look at that differently. And I'm asking you, should we uh, look at it? I'm sorry. Look at it differently. Should we look at uh, bands who take a long time between records releasing and bands who reunite? For records releasing differently. Oh, that's yeah, that's a good question. That's a good question. Yeah, so um, dedicated came out two thousand eight. Uh, How the Gods Chill came out twenty fourteen. So six years there. I would say I think they are different. Okay. Are we gonna go? Uh, am I gonna, we gonna? Me and Pat are gonna go back and forth and argue? I don't know. I, I think it's. it's I, I, well, if you take a side, maybe Pat will jump on the over. The, <laughs> yeah, over the I'm, I'm not sure how I feel about it. So you've got sell to decide. Them, sell them. Yeah. Yeah. So my thought would be like. You know, so say, you know, no warning, mm-hmm. right? 
they all go or or I mean or or TY even to a larger extent. They all go on and do different things. That's true. Their brains are in different places. They're they're different people coming back. Their heads are in different write. directions and the band ceased to be, right? <laughs> so I mean I think, you know, Ben going from from no warning to full time and fucked up. Right. Or, you know, or, or doing... Young Gov, yeah, Marvelous Darling. Young Gov, right, Marvelous yeah. Star, all those different things, right? I mean, he's obviously, you know, listening to different things and taking in, I mean, taking in new music and just kind of... And you're just older. Mm. It happens. That's right. It's, and I think the same thing with TUI. Like, not that, like, you know, they go on to other things. And then, like, you know... And they're all talented folks, both bands, that then they could have easily... Both bands could have come back and been like... I mean, you remember what it used to sound like, right? We're just going to do that. And they could have yeah. put out records that were probably more, um, you know, agreeable to, the, to their <laughs> fan base, fan bases, because it was like, oh, this is exactly why I like them to begin with. But they didn't do that. They did what they wanted to do, which is super fucking respect, like, respectable. Someone like, say, you know, if it's Cold World or Blacklisted, even though the times were probably the same, you know, in between. Yeah. They were still in those bands. So they were still in that mindset. Like. Like trapped under ice, no warning didn't exist to those dudes when they were doing these other things. I mean, they did to an extent, but well, you know what right, I'm saying? Like, right. I feel there like wasn't, they I were, mean, no warning might even be a better example because there certainly was like a long break where it was like, no, no, I don't do that anymore. TUI, you know, it, I think if you ask different sources, it was a break. Yeah, right, right. It's a break. <laughs> Is it forever? No, yes, we don't know. But but it was, you know, we did a last show that might be forever, but might not, you know. Right. And no warning was very, very clear about being like, yeah, we you know, when people would ask, anymore. he's like, I'm not doing that shit. Like, yeah. you already mind, you know, and then, you know, they came back to it. But I think, you know, Blacklist and Cold World, like they were always yeah. that that band kind of overarched their lives with. They was, were yeah, you're not wrong. And it was their main focus. And and I guess, you know, and, and I just use those because they came to mind and they're easy comps to these bands. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Tragedy's another one, I think. That's a band who continued to release records, never did the breakup, but then they put out a pretty hot record a couple years ago, Fury. Uh, I think that was 2019, and a record fucking smokes. Ripped, yeah. And was their best in a few records. And uh, I don't know. I kind of wonder about that. Like, I kind of, like, if I'm talking about this honestly, the No Warning in TUI records, we said felt like there was an overall little bit of quietness, but there was hype before that. There was hype leading up to it of excitement of this band hasn't done a, lot, a record in a long time. Here's It's coming, right? Yeah. I think for both Cold World and Blacklisted, in Cold World, I can't speak to as much because I don't remember it, but Blacklisted I felt was muted, and it's not on the band's part or the label's part. They were doing what they were doing. But the response was like, oh, a black, and maybe that was like where a band was at in their career career quote unquote their tenure but tragedy was sort of the same thing for a while but then the new record came out and it was hot and people were like yo this is just a hot record and that's the energy i like i love it i'm like oh people were judging on the merit of this not like "Eh, it's their fifth record whatever you know what i mean and it was radio silence for them while blacklisted had stuff that got increasingly weirder oh yeah okay you know what i mean like 
they didn't. It wasn't like there was just like dead silence for six years. No, you're right. They were doing EPs that maybe that maybe led people away, or or were I mean, or, or yeah. were were either less of what somebody wanted, or just wasn't scratching the itch. Sure, we could say that. Right. So then the LP comes out, and they're like, "All right, cool." I mean, like I didn't really like that last thing. Right. So where and like and this. the thing that we've gone on is like, yeah, you know what? Like this is probably significantly more straightforward, quote unquote, than the material, the EPs leading up to it. Right. So. Right. Right. But there's more mosh know, parts. There's more make those dis- right. Yeah. People, people make their fucking minds up and it's like, it's a much, that much harder to break through back, you know, to get them back. So, so I guess that brings me to the question for both of you. Um, are we being fair to reunion records? Are we being fair to long tenured bands? Never. No. Ne- we're never are. No. <laughs> and it's not changing, unfortunately, but we never are. So, because you build up anticipation, right? And like you've listened to fucking Manic Impression mm-hmm. for fucking twenty something years, sure. Or you've listened to Slip for fucking twenty five, whatever the fuck it is. Like you have that, like it's ingrained in your fucking DNA at this point, right? Right. And so we're going so with like, the Royal We. So yeah, like yes, yes. Yeah, like so, like what the fuck? Like there's no way. Like I, I give you know fucking Walter all the credit in the world. That's a fucking giant fucking cross to bear well, uh, good, good reference and uh oh, yeah. it's his yeah. um the it's almost going contrary to what he did with civ right and right. he he said on on the interview with us um he laid it out he's like yeah you know if we had called it gorilla biscuits there would have been people who hated it for just not being what their expectation of a, another gorilla biscuits lp would have been but we call it civ and all of a sudden it's a clean slate you know right so um so yeah with quicksand he was like all right balls on the table you know what i mean here it is this is quicksand yeah. we same dudes and you know you could have said civ same dudes as girl biscuits why not call right but i think with the civ record kind of gives you the ability to kind of be like because i think it gives you the ability to be like right this could be like the next this could have been the second girl biscuits record mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they're not telling you it's the second girl biscuits record but it kind of gives you that like look at me Listening to music and being a discerning <laughs> listener. Here's you know what new, I mean? Here's new music that I just dig. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know what I mean? I'd be like, it could have been the second GB record. I wonder why it wasn't. Same could be said for the band Free, right? We talk about that. Right. Like, yo, yes. that is fucking have heart. five of five have heart the band, you right. know? <laughs> right. And if Free played a show tomorrow, 100 kids ish, maybe, yep. you know? Um, And it's, uh, it's really, and when you listen to those Free records, like, yeah, this is. How close is it to have heart? Are we saying one to one? Is it one to one? It's not far off. Right. No, maybe one point two to one. Yeah, <laughs> like that's, that's what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. So, so that's the question: is Are we more fair to, than than break it to a question? Are we more fair to the band with the long tenure releasing records and giving it the proper attention, or are we? more fair to the band, the reunion band who releases a record and maybe it gets too much scrutiny despite getting more initial attention, if you will. Ever wonder what a punch from Elton John feels like? Or how you cope with having turned down the chance to be in Nirvana? Or what signal Keith Richards gives when he wants you to get the hell out of his hotel room? Fans of Too Much Effing Perspective don't have to wonder because they've heard these exact stories and a jillion others on our podcast. I'm Alex Hoffman, former tour manager for Radiohead. And I'm musician and comedy writer Alan Keller. 
On the TMEP show, we get guests like Nancy Wilson from Heart, Jeremiah Freights from the Lumineers, and Modern Family's Julie Bowen to tell us things they may have only shared with their therapist, clergy, or a TMZ stringer. So join us on Too Much Effing Perspective. That's E-F-F-I-N-G Perspective. The only podcast you crank up to 11. I mean, oh. if, uh, <laughs> we recently listened to a year in hardcore, and I, I wish that I could remember which sequence of bands it was on our playlist. We went from somebody doing essentially uh, kind of a comeback record of a sort to a hot younger band doing very much the same style. I forget what the, I'd have to look at the fucking list, but I remember okay. thinking this and I remember thinking this in my mind going, Oh, how interesting that people always kind of want the thing that we've talked about this, that represents their moment. And yeah. e- even if there's something that sounds completely capable, but it's old, eh. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Eh. So, um, I think we're always unfair to these bands. Like, so uh, Bob, I guess this is all to say, you could ask me, are we unfair to, and I would just go, yep. <laughs> well, I know, I know, but, but that defeats the conversation. So like, that's right. The question, right. You see what I mean? Right. It, are you, it's, it's almost like we're unfair to both. Who are we less unfair to? Well, right. right? So, so the, really the, 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 the version is the long, the tenured band who didn't break up, who continues releasing records, even if it's sometime in between, enough time that you could have said, hey, they were dormant and weren't doing a lot or weren't releasing new music, but they w- didn't break up, so it's not coming back, so they don't get that, oh, hey, it's the reunion record thing. Right, so people are nonplussed right, to those folks. correct. Or is it the reunion thing, and then you get the... Perpe- oh. We don't okay. get the perpetual con- like comparison from I can answer this. Blacklist's 2015 LP to the 2008 or 2009 LPs. You know what I mean? You don't right, get but that. Like I, Whereas with right. No Warning, there's always the compare back. With TUI, there's always the compare back. With Quicksand, there's always the compare back. With Tragedy, I have a, I have a sense, there's not the compare back necessarily. I have you know? a sense that no. Tom is going to say exactly what I'm thinking. Go ahead, Tom. Go for it, Patty. Oh, no, I talk a lot. Uh, no, I talk. I talk a lot. What I was going to say I is... Mean you do. Yeah. Uh, Bob, I think that the reunion band has unfair expectations. And for that reason, they, that's highly, we're very unfair to them. And, and there's no way that they can win. However, but they're given a chance. They're given a chance, though. But, well, Tom, here's what I would say it gets more ears. There's more perk up, obviously, right? But the expectations are impossible. So it's disregarded. Right. But the band that sticks around forever is, just has a general hand waving away of a malaise. Yeah. 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 There's, there's zero, there's zero over the hump care, you know? So, um, like look at, uh, daughters, right? Daughters had a uh, very successful reunion record, uh, because it was kind of a perfect moment and then they delivered on it. Right. So satisfied a lot of people in their listenership if it wasn't exactly what people wanted from them, it, the expectations would have been impossible and it would have been unfair. They rose to the occasion. And I should say, and this is not to take anything away from them that you rise to the occasion, but also people have to meet you halfway. So it's uh, they were fortunate enough uh, that that was the case. I think that, uh, and maybe this is just my bias because of 
the situation I'm in in my life, which is in long tenured bands at this point, uh, regaining people's attention when you never stopped playing is right. a Herculean Hard. effort. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that's been sick of all's sick of all's career for the last 20 years. Correct. Yes, absolutely. Here's the thing I want to say though, because you guys are both very kind of sick of it all. Have they put out a hot record in 20 years? No, no, which is the hard part. And the have they put out serviceable, yes. good records? Yes, Cer- absolutely. yes certainly. Absolutely. And that's the thing is like, I, I've tried to frame tragedy here. I really like the way somehow, some way the magic worked for them where it was like, yo, hot LP, hot EP, hot LP, cold, e- cold LP, couple splits that nobody totally cares about, cold LP, whatever, time passes, fucking hot 12-inch EP that everybody fell in love with and yep. got repressed, 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 like it banged. That was a perfect storm for them, though. I right? think like how Pat's saying for the for daughters that it was kind of like, yep. all right, you got to catch the you wave, can see tragedy. Right? Yep. They got a ton of records, whatever, whatever. Then it was a whole new generation of folks were like, yo, fucking tragedy. Yeah, this record. And then it was like, oh, yep. by the way, boom, there you go. Here's a new record for for you to be present in the in, like in the actual time it re- was released. Yeah, like totally agree. So I think. I think the long tenure is hard, harder to regain attention, but the reunion record has so Too many much attention. Un- yeah. un- unreachable expectations that it's it's puts that in just as bad a position. Now, I do want to say, if you can make it past reunion record one, it seems it seems people are always more charitable to the second one. Yes. Always, now people. I mean, always get a little bit records. more, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, you 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 got the fucking boulder up the hill. That's right. You're up there. You know, it's and like, now it's yeah. now you can roll it around. You know what I mean? You're on flat. Yeah. You're on flat I mean, ground. think about think about like you know, I know it's before 2020, 2010, but I mean, there are legit like you could count on two hands the amount of re- the the amount of reunion records that were that were actually a thing. Oh sure, mm-hmm. for sure. And I no think question. that's being generous. Yeah, hundred percent. You know what I mean? Like, there's a reason why reunion records come like are being get discussed, and everything sucks is the first thing that comes up. No, it's it's because they somehow reunited on their best record. Well, you you are you are in the majority with that opinion, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. I mean, you know, those lifetime that lifetime reunion record, those songs go over. Oh, oh, they're some of their just as big almost. Oh, there's a couple. There's there's yes, no question, no question. Monday morning airport is a fucking they're probably their biggest song. I mean, they play as many songs off that as they do. I think. You know the last two LPs. Hello, Beth. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I you know, but then there's other bands that were like, you know, I, I was going to bring up into another. Yeah, which that into another record from I guess that's probably five or six years ago now. 2015. Jesus, seven years ago is good. It's just good. And like, I don't even know. Like, Nobody talks about omens. Fans that like them. Nope. That nope. like that. Care. No, it's it's good. Like, if you like into it's another, great, you should yeah, you should check exactly out. what you'd want. Yep. Um, they didn't go too far afield. They didn't get weird. Like, I mean, they're already weird. Oh, it's 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 what you want. It's the it's a fastball by into another. You know what I mean? Yeah, right down the middle of the play. Yeah, yeah. You know what? This is a uh, this is it's a Nolan Ryan effort. He's like forty one at this point, but he's still he's still getting it right across that plate. It's maybe not ninety six, but it's like eighty nine. You know what I mean? Um, right. So so then the final part of this mini topic. Do you think the reception, and Tom, this is a lot for you, but Pat, I'd like your take too, and you, we can all talk about it holistically. Do you think 
the idea of the letdown of expectations slash negative reception to a reunion record has prevented people from writing new records. I could say that with. I was just going to say. I think Tom. <laughs> I mean, as I said, it was aimed at Tom mostly, yeah. you know. But but I think right, we would all agree. And is that that's a net negative, right? Like absolutely. Yes, yes. We, we can. I we mean, can get well, on our negative. We can get on our negative soapbox and go. You know, it's all. It's also preventing a lot of bad yes, bad mistakes. Yes, it and, has. and legacy ruining. Blah 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 blah. But yo, are we missing out on? Uh, lifetime self-titled. Are we missing out on somebody's everything sucks? Are we missing out on somebody's tragedy fury? Yeah. You know, are we missing out? Yo, uh, even for bands who didn't break up, at some point you 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 make the choice like, hey, we're still doing this band, but maybe we don't want to release new material. You know? For, right. for me, yo, uh, the band Blind Justice, love them. Great band. They're not broken up. They played some shows recently. Should do a new record. I don't think they want to. I think they're like, no, no, no. We're good. We're, we're good on material. We'll just we'll play. We'll just play, we'll yeah. see how long we play. But you know, um, and it's it's sort of an interesting thing to me. The idea of like, I give credit to somebody like Justice who seems fearless with what he's doing with Angel Dust. That's a fact. Yeah, I'd love to see what he does did, would do with another Trapped Under Ice LP. You know, what like I mean? with that pop sensibility in a fucking heavy band, dude knows how to write songs. I mean, yeah, like, yo, give me an LP that sounds like Knox. Jesus, I mean, yeah, I think Heat Wave's a good record. It is. Add a few more mosh parts. Holy shit, you know. Um, so, yeah. so I don't know. I, I've I've been thinking about that in terms of uh, the weird uh, <laughs> imaginary barriers that are preventing things from happening and creativity and et cetera, sometimes for better and sometimes for worse, you know? Yeah. Some records don't should probably have never left this. Like some records probably shouldn't have left the studio and some are like, well, fuck, I probably been a cool seven inch that you'll never hear because. Oh, because they, people were freaked yeah, out. Yeah. Right. Cause they got, they basically got stage fright to like, do we do this yeah. and, and, and uh, sour the milk for, for people. And it's like, Michael Jordan in a uh, wizard's Jersey. It's Joe Namath in a Rams Jersey. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. Yeah. Justin always described it as like, he's like, I'm always worried. Like <laughs> you ever get like the Billy Joel greatest hits that have like the two new songs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's real. That's real. And he's like, yo, those songs are fucking terrible. Nobody needs that shit. And I go, are, are you, are, do you think we're like 65 year old Billy Joel? Like, you don't think we can bang out <laughs> two or three songs? Like, I'm pretty sure we can, you know? And, but like, you know, that's his thought. It was kind of like, you know, I'm just going to take all my chips while I got them. You know what I mean? I'm not going to ante up at all. I'm just going to be like. So are we are we publicly calling him a coward, a music coward or what? Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'm yeah. fine with that. But I think he's kind of like, all right, you know, I made, a, you know, this is cool. Sure. I can leave with this. Sure. Because you, you it's if you put out a fucking, you know, at the matinee and people go, what well, the fuck yeah, Let's talk about this? that for a second. So basically, we're saying Justin said he's out of riffs and he's he's spent. He's uh, ready to be put out to pasture. Hmm, okay. Well, I mean, if he picked up the guitar hmm. more often, he might hmm. not be out of riffs. Hmm. Maybe he's got. Uh, guess he doesn't have riffs. Hmm. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, he's not going to listen to this. He no. texted me over the weekend. He called me. He goes, "What's a good podcast episode to listen to?" <laughs> good. That's good. I go. I don't know. Could- he's like, "I'm driving up to Cape Cod. What should I listen to?" I was like. The fuck do I know, man? Tell him, tell him this episode when when it comes out. Just send him the link and be like, skip to uh, hour and forty. Um, 
well, because now I'm going back through it. I'm like, well, these are fun. He's like, which one were we on? And I was like, oh, because <laughs> that's him. And I go, I was like, you know what? I was like, I, you know, we did one with Walter. He loves quicksand, loves GB. I'm like, that's a good. One. That might be. Yeah. I was like, I thought it was an excellent listen. Yeah. I was like, we got fucking jewels. Yeah. From fucking side by side. Like, like to me, you know what I mean? Easy, like, easy answer for a New York hardcore guy. Right. I'm like, dude, like you, you, we all grew up idolized, like loving side by side. We knew nothing about this dude. Listen, and you will now. Yeah. 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 I mean, so I ended up just sending him the, the the Walter episode or whatever. But he's like, "What else?" I'm like, "What do you want me to make you a Man, playlist, hours, bro? Like, just just click play, just press play." Yeah, like, I'm like, they're like all Aerosmith, funny. Like Aerosmith says, just press play. Um, <laughs> yeah, like I don't know if you have like, do you have like a goat like? I, mean, I don't even know. Episode? Like, does if someone goes, give me a fucking suggestion. What um, do you say? Um, depends on who it is. Uh, I wouldn't give Justin a year in hardcore, but like the real nerds about stuff, I tell them to jump into the ner- the year in hardcore. The listening party episodes are fun. If they're just looking for something fun, like you could have said, yo, check out the radio episodes. Those are fun. Fun and like Those are fun. Um, and they're funny because we got the funny voice thing going on. Um, right. Yeah, there's some good ones. Uh, any, any of the ones where we really get gnarly on hardcore is fun. Um, I don't think any of them are. No. I mean, I could I say this even though like we're in the middle of it. Like, I don't think any of them are bad. Yeah. Pat, does anyone do do you ever have people asking you? Or they just go, I'm no, yeah, I know you're not going to be able to answer me, so I'm not going to bother. <laughs> yeah, the precise. God, I want to like, I want to pick the scab and be like, oh, they don't ask Tom. Of course, they don't ask Patrick about Axe Grind because they don't know he does a <laughs> podcast. Right, he does. This is <laughs> the nom de plume that he mentioned in, on the uh, <laughs> podcast with Ian. His fake. And here's my one last thing yeah. <laughs> before we, if we have any other. Mini no, I wanted to talk about at the matinee really quick, but go ahead. Oh, sure, go no, for okay, it. No, no, so no. at the matinee. Which is the GB seven inch they released um, on that tour? On tour six in two thousand six, the reunion tour. Um, that quote unquote self released, but you know, Revelation did all the production and all that stuff with it. Um, they claim those are songs that they wrote back then. Um, that one of the songs, the B side, is a song they wrote, you know, demo era and never recorded. I believe that. I believe it at the matinee. Uh, you know, it, it's a, it sounds like a Walter song. You know what I mean? Um, do you think most Gorilla Biscuits fans, that's what they wanted? No, no. And I think that's, did everyone this, buy it? Yes. Anybody who could buy it. Cause they were selling them. They only pressed, I think there's only a thousand of those. What? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. It's crazy. And they only put sold like you five know, or six a show 50, kind of thing. It was not yeah, a lot. It was like it was, they had some. Yeah, that's right. No, you're right. There was more than that sold, but it was like a limited amount. Twenty five a show, fifty a Something show, like, like that. Yeah. And you can only buy one. It was like a whole fucking a whole thing. Um, yes. Well, goddamn, I'm looking at it on uh, Discogs on Discogs. How much does it sell for? Uh, well, <laughs> I just opened it, and one of the people selling it we know quite well. Okay. So I don't know if I want to blast. Don't put him in black. Let's, let's no? say how much it is. He's selling his for one hundred seventy-five dollars. Bless up. That's good. That's good. Plus ten dollars shipping. <laughs> hey man, man, I get it. Can it's we sh- start again? Sh- Holy shipping shit. and handling. Um, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. So it, it's it's sales history. The cheapest it went for was ninety-five dollars. Okay. The most the median was one ten forty-four, and the highest was one seventy-six forty-seven. Hmm. Sounds about right. All right, that's nuts. That's fucking crazy. So. If I was Walter, I could say, see, that's exactly why we didn't name Civ Gorilla Biscuits. At the matinee and knee deep in the ocean of hate. Right. Did not even know there was, I knew there was a second song. Yeah. 
if you put a gun to my head and was like name the B side to that, I'd be like, I have no, no, no clue, no clue. Um, Recorded at the House of Love, copyright 2006 Grill Biscuits, sold during the 2006 U.S. reunion tour. Only 20 to 30 copies were sold at each stop. 500 copies pressed. Oh yeah, maybe it's only 500. There you go. Check it out. That's what it says. Well, think that's right. So, um, did the, like, where the fuck was I going? Oh, so. I, when when that comes up, oh, that's a song we wrote before you never knew. I think about the seven seconds line, obviously, uh, where it's like, yo, people are going to tell you <laughs> they like their old material better, et cetera, et cetera. What can you do? You know, you got to, you got to, if you've got the itch, create, make something. Um, yeah, just think about that, I guess. And it's, it's my, my salvo and we, we talk about it frequently, but if you like a band and you like one of the records or especially if you love one of the records, but the rest of the catalog doesn't hit you. Give it the every so often revisit. It's worthwhile, yeah. you know. And and if they made something you love, at least give it. And they might have just made one thing you love, and the rest of it sucks dick. So that's okay too. But I, I've I've thought about this a lot. These imaginary barriers to enjoying shit and weird expectations we put on stuff. So mini topic reunion records. Mm. Yeah, I think we're good. And I mean, unless either of you guys have anything, I think we're we're good. Sign off. I've got an, an ultra quick one. Let's do it. Uh, Look at Patty. I love it. Well, I just Patty got a t- I just got a text. This isn't a this isn't <laughs> fuck Eric. This isn't a flex, everybody. I don't give a shit about this. It's just something. Katy Perry to, says, yeah. And, no, it's a guy that that runs a like a big record label. Uh, Lady Gaga wants you to w- walk her dogs now. It, he just said, "Talk to me about Turnstile. Uh, w- w- what's w- what's going on here? Now, this is a guy who's plugged in because he's got to be." But doesn't he doesn't actually know very much about punk or hardcore, and uh, he's kind of like uh, he has to pay attention to trends. So that's I'm assuming that's the only reason that he cares about this is because right. people are, are talking about it. Um, but without putting him on blast, I'll just read a little bit. Uh, he says uh, it's been the hype discussion. Uh, I said it's a band perfectly perfect for the for the moment, and he says I feel like it's been on the hype discussion for too long. He goes, the album is fine. In the non-hardcore space, it's kind of been done. But in hardcore, it's really creating like a debate party. Now, I should point out that that's what this dude lives for. He is a big believer that the only way that your record survives uh, the current uh, space is to be it's argued to about incessantly. And he's a record label person? Yep. Yes. Tony Sony. <laughs> so, so he believes he really strongly believes. Like he doesn't care if he puts out a bad record, as long as people are fighting about it online. As people are mad, it, as three people that like it and three people that hate it, you're good. That's exactly his view. And um, so, because it generates conversation on fucking social media, right. that's pretty much precisely. And and he he believes that in a streaming era where you don't have to go to a store to buy something that your curiosity about a bad record will compel you to listen to it as much as your excitement about a good about record. A great record. Yeah. So, uh, he loves, uh, like, you know, I don't even know if he likes music at this point, but he loves a fight. He loves like a, like <laughs> an online fight. All right. So can uh, we close with this? Yeah. Oh wait, do you, is that your topic or we, we actually, need to yeah, this is my it? topic. Just, uh, he, I was just going to say a little bit more. He says, does this yeah, moment please. last or after this, is it, is it done? And oh, just become some, some sort of like, does this, his language is, or after this moment, is it done? And it just becomes the, the tourist favorite album. And I think that that's an interesting, and then he gets into the, he gets into some, uh, 
contract stuff that I did not know. That's very fascinating. That's not appropriate mm. for the air, but, mm-hmm. uh, but the, uh, it's, that it, that it, that's air? a great, that it's a great question though. It is now he's being crass because he's just following this as a, Hey, do I want my bands out with turnstile? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's what he's really asking me, but right. the, uh, but the question and the answer is yes, almost certainly. But the, oh, yeah. uh, the, the, the idea, does this become the favorite of people who, um, have a very passing interest in hardcore and yes. does it do, uh, d- d- does the, maybe the record prior stay the, the, the hardcore kid favorite is there a pushback in two years you know what i mean is the it, it wh- what do we predict man i i think it's one of the defining records of this moment and i think it'll be looked back on in that way um i think it's already it's if it hasn't already been canonized it will be shortly okay it's funny yeah i mean I think it'll definitely be <laughs> the go-to record for the tourist. Yeah. Which is fine. Uh, 100% there's fine. Than other bands. You know what I mean? Like bands that are very fucking revered in hardcore. Like fucked up was a touring, like a tourist band for a while. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Nope. Didn't change what they were doing. They were a great band just regardless. Thing, but like right? they were just doing their thing. But it happened to be like it got to like this outside of punk and hardcore thing, which is fucking cool. Trash Talk did it. Ceremony did it. Like it's fucking great. Like no problems with that. My one thing that I talk about with with Turnside, which came up talking to uh, our buddy David, saw them at at uh, the Metro in uh, in Chicago with Buggin, mm. right? And he said, like, you know, David's been like in right, you know, writing for different publications over the years and stuff like that. So he's got, you know, he's got a, a pretty well rounded bunch of folks that he knows, like in the industry. And he was like, I feel like this is the last time I'm going to see him at a place like this. Because like everyone that he knew that he ran into outside were not guitar um, music folks. Yep. Right. Right. And they're like, people were like, "Yo, this is the new thing." Mm-hmm. So, so I think you know, we think about them now. Like, how could it get any bigger? Like, talk to us after that fucking Chief Keep Suicide Boys thing. And I think like they're not playing. You know, a thousand cap next time they come through fucking Chicago, they're playing the Vic Theater or something. Wow. Because I think like it's it's like because it's it's so fresh to th- those people that most of us never have an access have access to. Right. Level up, you know what level, I'm saying? up like, level up. If you put fucking drug I mean, we've all done stuff like this. Like I can speak from my own exa- like, you know, MPB did a tour with Andrew WK. Right? Like that put pe- like people that liked music. Even like heavy music that would have never seen us if they didn't if we didn't play with them, they're not coming to see us in HopeCon. Yes, but they happen to be at the show and be like, "Yo, we fuck, this was great." Like I had never seen anything like that before. We're a dime a dozen in hardcore, but outside, when people have no fucking idea what we're doing, you're the it's wildest. Pretty shocking. Yeah, but I mean, kind of now imagine Drug Church gets on a fucking you know a good spot on like a fucking amphitheater tour that, and you're playing in front of fucking Blink One Eighty Two or something. Mm. Like, people are going to be like, I've never seen anything like, you know what I mean? Like, the craziest thing I've ever seen was the Bronx. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I know, you know what I mean? Like, like with a singer that's, like, interactive and fucking dancing around and move. Like, I think, like, you know, if, if I'm a kid, you know, that likes Suicide Boys and I'm like, I'm open-minded. I'll go to this. And, you know, they're playing in, like, um, what, what's the town they're playing in Idaho? Not Boise. Pocatello? Nampa? Is there another Nampa? one? 
There was Bunch. another. Um, Nampa. Okay. Is that N-A-M-P-A? Is that possible? Could be. But like, you know. That's it, yeah. There's going to be fucking like skater kids there. Oh. That probably would have never heard Turnstile. They're going to be fucking blown away. I mean, so there's 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 a chance Turnstile accelerates and pops into a space that we've seen bands play in, but maybe they don't just play in it, but dominate it. Uh, there's a chance that they they reconnect skateboarding and hardcore in a way that hasn't happened in 20 plus years. Um, there's right. a lot of interesting yeah. shit that could happen. This is certainly a moment where it seems all the reports I've heard, which don't differ from what you're saying, Tom, are that these shows are packed and packed with a lot of new faces. Which I mean, and think about it. So they're playing these shows. The new faces they're getting are all young folks. Yep. Right. So we were all stoked, you know, like I was always like impressed that it's like, yo, man, like fucked up or doing a tour with fucking Arcade Fire mm-hmm. or like fucked up or doing a tour with, you know, played Australia with the Foo Fighters and shit. Yeah. But that, you know what I'm saying? Next time fucked up comes through, like it ain't going to be lit because some fucking 48 year old saw you with fucking Foo Fighters. No, Correct. that's true. That's 100 But true. when you're adding 500 fucking kids that like this is their first time stage diving. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's fucking then it's like infectious and you want to be part of that. 100. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, I like Arcade Fire. I'd be fucking stoked to play with Arcade Fire. But like people that saw you there may come see you again, but they'll be standing in the back with a beer. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's not adding to the fucking energy of the, the experience. Room? No, not at all. But I'm telling you, kids that are going to see Suicide Boys and happen to see these dudes from fucking Maryland, it's going to their next show. It's going to add to the fucking vibe. 100 percent all right i'll Sorry, tell him i'll tell him what you guys i'll tell him what you guys have to say this podcast is called axe to grind just so you can mention it to him yeah if you want to get that name out there <laughs> i thought that was you closing the episode i was like wow it's like a george so, did, so did i <laughs> so sort yeah, of right right this this podcast is called axe to grind i mean it was but you just you stepped on the ending it's all oh, right. I, well you know what that's the magic of editing <laughs>